good evening. Yes. It is so good to be at camp meeting. Yes, it is. I know that so many of you have been like my wife and I, just getting ready. Your house has been bustling. You've had a lot of things on your to-do list that you've been checking off one by one, making your way down here. And some things you might not have, might not have crossed off the list. You forgot one or two things. But we're here tonight. We're here tonight. It's camp meeting. And we're glad to be here. And you can take a breath. You can wipe your brow. We've made it to the first Saturday night. And so I want to encourage you tonight that the only one who has any reason to have any nerves tonight is me. Okay? So I need the rest of y'all to just relax. And let's start praying for the reading of God's word here tonight. And for God to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's what we want here this week at camp meeting. We've blocked out this time of our year to come together, to meet as God's people. And now we need to focus in and let's start zeroing in on those that need to come to an altar of prayer. That's the end of all preaching is to present every man perfect before God. And so I just want all of you to just focus in tonight and pray for me as the word goes out. This is not about me. This is not about anybody who comes in this pulpit here this week. This is about reaching lost souls and God's word going out and blessing the saints. And I just am so thankful and honored to be here. And uh, I just feel good tonight. And so y'all just pray for the reading of God's word. Uh, I love the spirit of God. The Spirit of God came into my life as a young man and turned me around from the direction I was heading and set me on a new way, set me on a highway, a highway of holiness. You're going to hear that word a few times this week. We believe in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We believe that you must get forgiven of your sins and get sanctified by the Holy Ghost, and that makes you holy and enables you to live holy, enables you to walk holy, enables you to be holy and talk holy and act holy and react holy. And when you die, you can go to heaven with a holy God. That's what we believe here tonight. And I just thank God for the Spirit because it's the Spirit that enables us to be holy. Without the Spirit of God, we would be of all men most miserable. We would not have anything to claim. We would not claim anything in this life. But when you get the Spirit of God in your life, He just gives you everything that you need in order to live holy. He don't give it to you in measure either. He doesn't give you just a little bit here and a little bit there just to sustain you for a little while. He gives you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He just said, he told, uh, he said, he said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. What he was talking about there was the changing of the nature of mankind. That's what you have to have in order to be holy. He's got to change your nature. And he told that woman at the well, he said, he that believeth in me. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was the water of life, and he was trying to tell her there that if you drink of the water that I shall give, you shall never thirst. That it will be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, and he said there's a river. There's a river. Aren't you glad for the river tonight? And it flows from the throne of God. He said there's a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of our God. Oh, that Holy Spirit, it just moves in you, and it makes you thrilled. It makes you happy to be here. It makes you glad to see your brethren. It makes you glad to see one another and fellowship 
in the beauty of holiness and it gives you a sweet song in the night when things aren't going your way, when you're a little bit worried about what tomorrow may bring, when you're worried about your children in the night, when you're worried about your loved ones in the night and you don't know what to do, you've done all you can, you just have gone to the end of your rope and you just he just gives you a song that'll give you peace, sweet peace that the world never gave and oh sweet is the song I'm singing today yes Lord
everything be done decently and in order. I suppose it was all right I interrupted the preacher. Let's get into the word here tonight. When you want to know the answer to something, or sometimes if you're reading a book, some people like to go to the end of the book and find out what happens. I don't really know what the psychology is behind that, but I'm sure there's a reason somewhere. I want to start with the end, and we're going to work our way back here tonight. I want to talk to you about being an overcomer. You ain't going to make it to heaven unless you're an overcomer. It's not going to happen. And if being an overcomer is a problem for you, it's a stumbling block for you, maybe you've been sanctified before, or maybe you are sanctified now, and you find yourself dealing with some strongholds in your life, some problems, some obstacles, some things that are tripping you up, uh, that are laying in your path, and you just are having a hard time overcoming, I want to give you some encouragement tonight. There is power in the Holy Ghost to overcome Satan and all of his cunning devices. That is the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit here tonight. They're one and the same. And so the Apostle John, I've been doing a lot of reading about the Apostle John. He wrote four books on record in the New Testament. He wrote the book of St. John, the Gospel of St. John. And that was really a gospel to those who were unbelievers. It was to explain to them the life of Jesus Christ, explain to them the identity, the character, the love that he had for his people, the spirit of Jesus Christ. It was just a, it really is a love story, if you will, because he was called John the Beloved. He loved Jesus with all of his heart. And then he writes to the churches uh, that he was overseeing there in Ephesus at the latter end of his life. Uh, in the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then, as he is in exile, we get the revelation of Jesus Christ at the end of our Bibles. And so, I'm going to just read from some of the writings of John here tonight about being an overcomer. And John tells the churches, and we know the churches that he was an overseer of, a bishop, if you will. He was leading these churches there in what is known as Asia in the Bible, uh, now as modern-day Turkey. And he tells them, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. I tell you what, you could preach a whole sermon right there. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the churches. Uh, Because sometimes we roll along and we're just operating in our comfort zone and we're on autopilot and maybe not really tuned in to what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to the church. But I want to encourage you tonight to open your ears. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying uh, in whatever form and from ever, whomever. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. What a promise. He says later on in the second chapter, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Yeah. And will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, save saving he that receiveth it. And then later he said, he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. There's part of the secret, keeping God's works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. That was not a prophecy. That was a fulfillment of what Jesus promised in the fifth chapter of Matthew, that the meek shall inherit the earth. 
And then, later on in the third chapter, he said, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. So that's where we get that when we sing about he's going to give us a new robe when we get to heaven and uh, all of that. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name uh, before my father and before his angels. And then later on, uh, he said, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. He gives us a new identity when we come into Christ. He gives us a new location from whence we come. We're no longer a citizen of this earth, but we now confess that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And that we seek a country, a better the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. To him that overcometh, Revelations 3 and 21, I will grant to sit with me in my throne. Wow. And Jesus, I mean, Isaiah prophesied that we would be kings and priests, didn't he? Isn't that what he said about the church? Even as I also overcame, Jesus had to overcome. He set that example and am set down with my father in his throne. And then in the 21st chapter, he that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Not just my people, but he shall be my son. We are adopted in the beloved. And I want to sum all that up, talking about those that overcome, those that make it to the end. He's given us the secret. He's given us the answer of how you're going to make it to a home in heaven. He's telling us there. Jesus is. And listen to this in the 12th chapter, the 11th verse of Revelation. And, no, let me go back to the 10th verse. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, and the power, and the accuser of our brethren is cast down, talking about old devil, that old serpent called the devil, which is accused, which accused them before our God day and night. Oh, that's why we call him the accuser of the brethren. He just loves to get up there and smear our name before the Father. And that's why we've got Jesus, our advocate, our lawyer, our, the one who's there to plead our case, to confess, and the Spirit does it as well. And verse 11, and they overcame him, how? Three things. By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto the death. That's the secret, folks, of how you're going to overcome in this life. And I want to spend just a few more minutes talking about how you're going to do those three things. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and loving not their life unto the death. And so in order to understand that, we're going to go to the book of 1 John, the fifth chapter. In order to be born of God, you have to get sanctified. That's the only way you're going to get born of God. And it begins with faith. Hebrews says in the 11th chapter that without faith, it is impossible to please him. Not difficult, not challenging, not sort of difficult, but it is impossible to please God without faith. You will not do it. Don't even try. Unless you've got faith in Jesus Christ, you will not please God the Father. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. Now, 
In this phrase here, we are not talking about a superficial confession of faith that many churches throughout the world today say that all you have to do is say these words that you believe in God and it'll just and now you're a child of God. That's not the way it works. This salvation is not going to come to you without sacrificing yourself on an altar of prayer and believing that Christ has the power to change you from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to that of God, that you might receive the blessing of the Holy Ghost. And it says, Jesus is the Christ. Now, there were some during this time, and this is why he's writing this, who were beginning to preach in these cities that Jesus was not really divine, that he was a really good man, and like one of the prophets, and this was nothing new. They preached this when Jesus was still alive. He told, he asked the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they told him, they think you're one of the prophets. So this was nothing new. There were also some false teachers who were saying that Jesus was so good, he could not have lowered himself to become like a man. He was really a spirit that you just were able to see. And what they were doing is they were challenging the identity and the divinity of Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean for us today? This was very important because people were getting very confused about how they ought to, about this new faith. What does this mean for us? Well, Satan has not changed in 2,000 years. He is still challenging the divinity of Christ in the world today. And he's doing it through pretty much the same means. He's just wrapped it up in a little bit different package. And what he's telling folks today, and he's starting with young people, he's starting with folks who are just learning about Christ, and they're young in the faith, and he knows he can trip them up. That's why we've got to protect our young people from the rudiments of the world, from the worldliness that's out there, from all of the evil that's out there. I don't care how harmless it seems, do not be fooled into thinking that Satan has anything planned for your children other than their utter destruction. And don't settle, boy, I didn't know I was going here, don't settle for letting them do any old thing and go in any old place with any old group of people just because they seem nice. Brothers and sisters, I don't want my children to have anything to do but with the people of God. I want them to be lights to the world. I want them to know that there's a separation from those that are in the world and those that live holy. we got to go all the way, folks. And he told them, come out from among them and be separate. That's what he wants. Touch not the unclean thing. And we've got so many unclean things in the world today, and they just look so harmless. Well, just a little bit here and a little bit there, and it won't do any harm. I still teach them the right way. I still take them to Sunday school and tell them, you know, well, you know, don't let it happen. Satan wants to slip in. And as soon as he gets a foothold in the door of your house, he's going to just drive a Mack truck through it. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, the one who came to save people from their sins, that came to save people from darkness and from death. And everyone that loveth him that begat, talking about God, loveth him that is begotten of him. Jesus said that. In the Gospels, he said, if you love the Father, you'll love me also, because I am from the Father. By this, we know that we love the children of God. Oh, isn't that one? 
the, the things that you noticed when you got up from the altar and you were born again, it's that we sing that song, it makes me love everybody. Oh, I might have had something against you, or I might have been offended by something you did or whatever, but I tell you what, when God came in my heart, he just made me love God's people, and I just want to do nothing but help you on the way. Oh, my goodness. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. They are not grievous. They're not burdensome. That's what that word means. They're not burdensome. He only, he said the greatest of the commandments is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And on this hangs all the law and the prophets. Everything was building up to that. Because if you can get the love of God in your heart, if you can have salvation for your soul, you will love your neighbor, you will do what's right, and it will be easy and pleasurable to keep the commandments. You'll want to do it. You'll want to do it. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Oh, my brother, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Well, I've got something in my life that's just blocking my path, Brother Brian, and uh, it's just it's just part of my personality, or it's something I was born with, and there's just nothing I can do about it, and that's just who I am. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. You have the ability to choose what you love. Somebody better say right. Because when the Spirit of God comes in your life, He changes your desires. He changes what you want to love. He changes everything about your affections. And we no longer are worried about the things of this life. Oh, yes, we've got cares of this life. And we've got all these things that we've got to deal with, a job and family and all these things. But let me tell you something. None of that matters in the end. When you're laying on a bed and you're dying hours... It doesn't matter how much is in your 401k. It doesn't matter who you met in this life and took a selfie with. It doesn't matter how many songs you learned. It don't matter where, how many places you went. When you're laying on that bed, all that matters is that you've got a conscience void of offense toward God and man. And you know that you're ready to go to a home in heaven. This is the victory. <clears throat> Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is where you make your choices. That's where you choose what you love. It's through your mind. Because your mind is where the enemy loves to play. Oh, he loves to get in there and just work with your thoughts and make you think things that aren't real and see things that aren't real. But I'm telling you, when you get the mind of Christ... When you learn what God has in store for you, for those that love him, it will allow you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, and not be entangled. No man that warreth 
entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. But he, what does he do? He wants to please him who has called him to be a soldier. Don't be entangled. Oh, don't be entangled. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why in the world would you want to go back and dabble in all that mess when you came out in the first place? That don't make any sense. All right. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And faith will keep you and help you overcome, but it requires that you make a step to resist temptation. You've got to resist temptation, and you do it by saying no. That's a powerful word. It starts with no. Yes, there's things that you got to do and steps you got to take on some things. I understand all that. But it starts with no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If sinners entice thee, and they'll do it. They'll do it. Sometimes they'll do it and they don't even know what they're trying to do. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Say no. Walk away. Neither yield ye your members as servants of instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Bless the Lord. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Amen. For who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is crucial. And young people, I want to exhort you tonight. You need to get into the Word, and you need to dig into it for yourself. And I'm not just talking about, oh, read as much as you can in the day, in the time that you have remaining. I mean spend quality time reading through the pages of the Holy Word of God. It'll root you. It'll ground you. It'll make you love the church. It'll make you love the things of the church. And I'm not talking about this organization. I'm talking about God's holy worldwide church. It'll make you love the things of the people of God. It'll want make you want to do the things of the people of God. It'll make you want to live right and act right and talk right and all those things. Who is he that overcometh the world? You've got to believe that Jesus is more. There's a philosophy that's going around and it ain't anything new. Remember, Solomon says there's no new thing under the sun. That Jesus, well, he was a good man. But so was Buddha. And so was Muhammad. And we don't really want to go any further than that because it'll offend people. Folks, we're talking about truth here tonight. Preaching of the cross. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And he says over there in 1 Corinthians, he says, it is to some a stumbling block and it is to some foolishness, but we preach Christ crucified. That's what we believe in. That's what we're going to die believing in. That's what I'm committed to. This is he that came by water and blood. No one else has come that way. No one else has come by water and blood. Even Jesus Christ. Not by water only. Oh, well, you need to be baptized in order to receive the Spirit of God. Not by water only. 
but by water and blood. Jesus was baptized of John the Baptist in the River Jordan, and God sent down that light from heaven, and he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. He was submitting to the ordinance of repentance so that we might have an example set before us of how we ought to go before the judgment seat of Christ to receive forgiveness of sins. And then he submitted himself by blood to the cruel cross of Calvary. He submitted himself and he hung there between those two thieves and he gave up the ghost. I don't like when people say Jesus died because that implies that he didn't have a choice. But it says that when all he had fulfilled all that was written of him, he gave, he gave up the ghost. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from the dead. This is he, not by water on, and not by water only, but by water and blood. We must be born. He told that Nicodemus that you must be born of the water and of the Spirit in order to make it. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness. Oh, aren't you glad for that? The Spirit beareth witness because the Spirit is true. Oh, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He said, I sanctify myself. Now, he didn't need to be sanctified. He was the Son of God. He came into the world holy. But he did it for me. He died on the mountain. And for me, they pierced his side. He did it so that we would have an example of what we had to do in order to receive the Spirit of God, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him. You know him. For he dwelleth in you and dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I like it when the folks help you quote scripture. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. That's the Trinity right there. They were there back in the beginning. John said in the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Praise the Lord. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And that is the proof that we have in our testimony. When we go out throughout the world and Satan tries to accuse the brethren, we can overcome by the word of our testimony. And we do that and we, because we have the witness of the spirit, the water, and the blood. I remember the night that I got forgiven of my sins. Don't you? I remember kneeling at that altar of prayer and pouring out my heart to God and just crying out, apologizing and repenting for the things I had done. And when he sent that blessing, that witness of forgiveness of sins, oh, it was such a sweet, you were there, that was such a sweet, holy time. And then I came back and I asked for God to come into my heart and help me do what I can't do for myself, help me be what I can't be by myself, and help me live like I can't live for myself, help me be a new man in Christ Jesus where old things are passed away and all things are become new. We don't want to leave anything behind. He said over here in the book of Numbers, But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come to pass that those you let remain shall become pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Sometimes the thorns in the flesh that we have are those of our own making. 
because we did not drive them out of the land when we come to God. If you're having problems in your spiritual walk, you need to take a good look and examine whether or not you drove out the inhabitants of the land. When you came into the promised land of salvation, did you get rid of it all? Did you clean the house? Did you drive out the all the enemies that were there, the giants in the land, and those that would try to trip you up and cause you to live an unholy life? Oh, my brother, my sister, we can have the witness of the Holy Ghost tonight. We can have that spirit. And these three agree in one. Praise God. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. And I'm going to skip on down. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Oh, my brother, my sister, you can overcome through the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. You are able to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. When you get sanctified, you can overcome sin. While you are sanctified, when, the, when Satan comes in to deceive you, you can overcome by the word of your testimony. You just remind him of what God did for you. Satan, I'm not going that way. I'm not making that choice. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. Because God sanctified me at an altar of prayer. He did for me everything. He gave me everything in this life. And I am not going back. And love not your life unto the death. Satan wants to violently destroy you. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he's come to do. He's come to give us life. And when Satan comes to bring violence in your life, are you scared? Do you love your life so much that you're willing to make Compromises. Love not your life unto the death. Our life is not our own. We are not our own when we get sanctified. We belong to Christ. And whatever his plan is for my life is his plan. Submitting to the will of God in my life means that I am willing to go where he asks, do what he asks, say what he asks. And I make that choice because I committed it. And you committed it when you got sanctified. So my brother and my sister, in the time that we have here tonight, we have some who are standing at a threshold in their life. And I see you out there. I don't know your situation by detail. I might have an idea. But God does. You and God do. You know where you stand tonight. Are you holy? Are you sanctified? Are you going to heaven? Are you going there when you die? If you're sanctified, are you struggling with things in this life that are preventing you from having full joy? Are you unsatisfied and not at peace with things in your life, with yourself? God has the answer and has the power to help you overcome all the power of the enemy. Satan wants nothing more than your utter destruction. But God and Jesus Christ are here tonight, and we are professing, we are witnesses of this, and we are telling you through the Holy Spirit that God has the power 
to do all things for you and bring all things for your good if you will submit yourself to him and allow him to work in your life. While we sing a song, anyone that has a need, we want you to come to an altar of prayer.